This week on Top Shelf Dusters, we're going to be talking about the NHL news from the past week, also some NHL controversies, and some early trade projections. But if you do have a topic that you want us to talk about, send us an email. Our email is topshelfdusters at gmail.com. Again, that's topshelfdusters at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Facebook at Top Shelf Dusters, our Facebook page, or just comment on a post just like Brian S. did. And we'll get to his question a little bit later in the episode. So be like Brian S. Welcome to Top Shelf Dusters. I'm Amanda, the fact checker, and I'm joined with Jesse. Rangers lost four in a row, and I'm on misery watch. And joined by Ethan. How do the stars lose to the predators? Come on. And by Tyson. Buffalo is a bunch of sissies, and I love crab rangoons. And by Nick. Go Canes. I'm loving what they're doing right now. Boo. And of course, thank you, Amanda, for that lovely introduction. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, <laughs> We're going to start with some NHL news. NHL news. Just to kick it off, Zegris is hurt. Well, I mean, so far, for the most part, it seems like, I, I mean, obviously he's been contributing, but it seems like the most part, you know, uh, the Ducks have been kind of getting along without him. Um, that being said, losing somebody like Leo Carlson in addition to him is definitely going to be bad news for Anaheim, which I really feel like was kind of getting footing. So, um, I would suspect is definitely going to hurt them coming up here in the Western conference, you know, standings. This is his second injury this, this season. He's missed 20 games, uh, earlier in the season with a lower body injury. Uh, according to the news, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. And they're also missing uh, Anaheim, that is. They're also going to be missing Pavel Mintukov for uh, for six weeks as well. So the injuries are stacking up for a lot of teams, Anaheim included. The, I was thinking the whole holdoff for signing Zegras was his attitude. Maybe there were some injury concerns. It's his fragility. Yeah, he's a glass house. Well, I mean, I, I think just to that point, Ethan, I think now that if he's out six to eight weeks... Um, I don't suspect that the Ducks will make the playoffs. I get, I mean, maybe I'll be surprised. But um, that being said, I don't see Zegers getting moved this year. I don't know what his contract looks like, but um, I really don't see people being interested in somebody who's coming off of a surgery and really hasn't played this season. So um, it sucks for Zegers. Obviously, he's a young talent in the league, and I think when all the young talents are playing, the league's in a better position. But um, obviously, speedy recovery. You mentioned him being moved. There was some trade rumors I saw on Twitter that the New York Rangers were interested in him. And I don't really know how I feel about that. I know he's, I'm pretty sure he's from New York, right? Um, but I don't, I don't know how I would feel about having him coming onto the team. That would be weird. Oh, well, like, you know, most people uh, in the NHL, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are obviously going to be looking at him and are obviously partners and looking to, uh, to receive somebody with that talent. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Canes are really looking at Zegers right now. <laughs> So I guess one thing I wanted to ask is, um, and maybe we can get into it later, but just, you know, kind of speaking on the, the depths, the depth of the ducks. Um, I mean, they just traded Drysdale and that's really, I think kind of takes a lot of their depth out. And I, I wonder if right now they maybe regret that. Cause that, uh, what is it? Cutter and tower, Cutter or whatever Garthier. it is, is, 
Yeah, I don't. Is he? He's probably not NHL ready yet, is he? I don't believe so. I don't think he's going to be making the NHL this season. No, he's, yeah. he's he's not. I think he just was in the World Juniors and won the gold, right? Correct. Yep, he mm-hmm. was on the USA team. Yeah, he's probably a couple years at least from being ready. Yeah, that sucks. So uh, Ducks definitely they're they're down in the ranks and. Um, that train is definitely going to hurt him in their depth as well, but that's unforeseen. You can't choose that. So I don't think that's going to hurt them for too long though. I, I, I could, you said maybe a couple of years, I could probably see him coming into the league next year, assuming everything goes r- right with him. Also, yeah. it's not like he's trying to break through a brick wall to get into a lineup. Like I, it's an easy path, Right. It just got easier being in, being you know sent to Anaheim because there's I mean they might need to pull him up way sooner than they expected. Let's move on. So Nick, you've got a concussion update for your goalie. Yeah. So last game actually against the Ducks, um, there was a play where. Uh, Ducks player was trying to crash the net. I can't remember what player it was off the top of my head, but Orlov was trying to push him out of the way and pushed him into Kachetkov. Um, and it was hard to tell at first what the injury was, but uh, later they came out and said that he's dealing with a concussion. He's in concussion protocol, so he's going to miss a little bit of time. Um, so they recalled Peretz. He came today. He's backing up Ranta. Um, so they're back in not a great goalie situation. Um, I just, I don't know. I really think they need to go trade for a goalie sooner rather than later because it's really making me nervous at this point. I mean, our goalies have stepped up when they need to, but having Ronta as the number one is something nobody wants. Um, It's like Carolina and the goalie carousel. It's a tale as old as time. that's your your piece that's what you need go get them go get john gibson go get i don't know there's some others out there i just can't think of them there were a lot of people that wanted john gibson to stay in raleigh after thursday night but you know it's (laughs) up up to the gm to make the move (laughs) just go down the other tunnel just don't tell merzlikens to merzlikens to carolina yeah there There you go go. i would be okay with that too actually I I've been shouting be at that move. one. Elvis needs a scene change. I, I think that's a good move. But um, Nick, I had a question for you. So um, we were talking kind of in the intro, like, you know, Penguins, Canes, what's going on? Um, have Did you watch any of the games so far today? I haven't today? gotten to, actually. I was, I was pretty tied up before we hopped on. So, I mean, just because it's relative, and I know that we don't necessarily want to watch games as they're going on, but, um, I mean, I'm watching the game, and Ronta is taking – he's making really awkward saves – um several times during the inter- or during the um um during the coverage of it Colby Armstrong and Josh Getzoff are talking about how um he's looking hurt in the crease that type of thing so um i think we can all kind of gauge his fragility um how do you see Ranta kind of handling that starting position after being in you know just coming off of waivers and then i think he was wasn't he down with the checkers or something like that but anyway i'll let you speak on that so if if ronta goes down how confident do you feel in the carolina goal and, and i will say before you answer nick just a quick clarification that's not a a penguins biased take 
He has stopped 28 of 28 shots. Playing great so, today. He actually is. He, he is playing very good. Yeah, I mean, he he's great in the role he was in before Kachetkov got hurt after he came back up because he's really good at doing spot starts. I mean, if he can come in every four or five games and play a game, he very well could get a shutout or play really well. But he cannot handle the back-to-backs. He cannot handle running three or four games in a row. He's just physically not there anymore. I mean, he's had numerous injuries. Um, so it's really going to come down to how long is Kachetkov out. I mean, he could be out just a couple games. He could be out five or ten games. We, you know, we have no idea. Um, but I don't have confidence in him, unfortunately, you know, hanging around for the long haul. Um, let's say both are healthy, both are healthy. Who do you pick? Both are healthy. Um, both are healthy. I think they're fine. Um, but who's your starter? Who do you want? Oh, Kachetkov, 100%. Kachetkov, 100%. Um, he's, he's the dog right now. He's the number one. Um, and he will be going forward. I think even if Freddie comes back, um, which I heard that he's actually not skating yet and they don't have any timetable when he will, um, but even if he were to come back, it's Kochetkov's net for the season. Um, so, but if he's going to be out for a while, I mean, all they have in the pipeline right now literally is Ronta and Peretz. And Peretz is a rookie that has not played an NHL game. Um, so if he's going to miss any length of time, they need to go get somebody at a minimum on a rental. Can you remind me what's going on with uh, Freddie Anderson? Is it blood clots? It, it is. Um, and there was a local guy who came out, I think it was either late November or early December, and said that he had talked with Waddell, and Waddell said he was getting ready to skate, and he might be back by early mid-January. Um, so it's like, cool, he's coming back. He's he- you know He's healthy, he's getting back into shape. And then last weekend i saw a tweet come out by someone else that very much said that was a load of crap he hasn't skated and he's trying to get second and third opinions to see about coming back so it's it's not looking good at all y'all really do have issues with your goalies getting hurt it's crazy it's it's insane to see because i can't think of anyone in recent memory that has had such a dramatic injuries continuously to their goaltenders yeah, it's close there last year. Yeah, it really, it really is insane. I mean, they can't stay healthy for anything, but they were really playing with fire the last couple of seasons with having uh, Freddie and Ronta because they've both, you know, historically been injury prone. They Very just kind of got lucky prone. for a while, and now mm-hmm. it's coming back to bite them. And what are they doing about? It? They're not doing anything. Um. If they don't trade for a goalie at the trade deadline, I might literally go insane. It is driving me nuts. <laughs> well, and the other thing about it is Carolina, they've had the carousel of goalies. So it's not like they've had a star goalie in their in their arsenal. Oh, man. You would probably know more than I would the last star goalie you had. And you've had like these, these goalies kind of come through and you you shuffle them and then you pull guys up from the minors and, and it's like there's this injury thing and for me I'm going to bring in the Dallas Stars but 
when we had we burned through Ben Bishop, Braden Holby, um, Antti Niemi, Kari Lettinen. There were so many that had injury issues, and I got to a point where I was like, "There's an issue with the goalie coach or the training and condi- strength and conditioning coach." Um, so, do you think there's an issue internally for the health of the goalies, or do you think you just haven't found your goalie? Um. Well, early in the season, I definitely was wondering if there was an issue with the coaching because the goaltending was terrible um, for the first quarter season almost. And then um, they finally brought Kachetkov up and let him, you know, run the show. And it, it turned around the goaltending situation. But I don't know. I think it's I think it's just the players just bad luck with the players. I mean, but yeah, they, they really need to get stability there. I mean, like you said, they haven't had a solid goalie in a while. Um, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know if they had a really a star goalie and Amanda can correct me since Cam Ward. I mean, if we I was be, just about to say the same thing, Cam Ward be is the real about it. Yeah. Cam so, Ward is the only one I could think of off the top of my head that has been, very consistent for them over the last two decades. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've had Reimer, they've had Mrazic, but yeah, but no. So yeah, I mean, I think Kachetkov is the goalie of the future. I think he's their long-term number one. Um, I mean, I'm hoping Peretz will be good. I mean, he, he won the national title with Quinnipiac, but um, it's going to be a while for when anything will Peretz. So they need to go get someone at the trade deadline very yeah. badly. Eichel, Jack Eichel, he's injured. It's every Vegas fan's worst nightmare because he's the guy who scores the goals. They've got a great defense, great goalie when he's healthy, and Jack Eichel's the guy who puts the pucks in the net. What do you guys think happens? They haven't really indicated what the injury was. I was watching the game against Boston where he got hurt. It looked like he needed some help off uh, off the ice down into the tunnel. So it looked more like a lower body thing. And I'm sure everyone's major concern is his neck, right? You don't want him injuring his neck again. You don't want him having to deal with that. So I guess it's to say it's a good thing that it's a lower body injury. Is At least that's what it looked like. Um, but he did come back in that game versus Boston. So I was a little... Uh, surprised to see that he is out right now. And uh, Bruce Cassidy, their head coach, has said there is that he's going to miss a little bit of time and that there's no indication how long he's going to be out. And, and the big thing, at least if you're a Vegas fan, you keep up with Jack Eichel. Maybe not something everyone thinks about or remembers, but he did have an artificial disc replacement surgery back in 2021. So that's... And if I'm a Vegas fan and I'm thinking about that, that's the biggest thing I'm thinking about. Like, right. please don't let it be regarding that. I don't even I haven't found anything that says it was lower body. Um, obviously, it makes I'm sense. Speculating. Yeah. yeah speculating based on the game. Sure. Um, but it, yeah, they, that's the it one thing you don't want it to be. It would be bad if it's that if it's that di- that disc uh, replacement again. I mean, I can only imagine what he would have to go through to 
to have to deal with that all over again. And like I said, it was weird seeing him come back out. The way that he was helped off the ice and needed to be helped down the tunnel, I'm surprised that he, I'm pretty sure he finished that game, and I was surprised about that. And then all of a sudden now he's he's going to be missing a little bit of time. So I don't know if they're playing it safe or whether they're he's actually injured and, and really needs this time off. Did you uh, by chance see the injury that he sustained? I, I don't remember it off the top of my head. Let me he, see if I can find a video. So if I'm not mistaken, and I think I saw replays of it, um, it didn't seem like it was serious. And to your point, Jesse, he ended up playing the rest of the game. Um, I think, honestly, the position that they're in is that he's got like a sprain or something like that. And Bruce Cassidy, they know they have kind of, you know, the position in the standings. They're kind of up and winning right now. Um, I think for the most part, they're being precautious on what Jack Eichel's doing. But I think right before we started recording, um, I pulled up this article and like your point at 37 minutes, well, now probably an hour ago, um, still just going to miss some time. So it, it doesn't sound like it's anything significant, though. Um, so I believe probably for the most part is to my to my Jess, the, the uh, Golden Knights are probably going to be all right until he gets back into the lineup um to that you know he's he's making all these he's making all the goals and he's scoring all the points he's the superstar right now so i would say play it safe than sorry let him rest get fully healthy come back and kick ass well you have to hope that if you're a vegas fan for sure because ever since hill's been out which uh it looks like he still is out uh not expected to play tomorrow or i'm sorry today today's saturday um, today is Saturday. The today is Saturday. Um, he he's not expected to play today. Hopefully, he starts playing next week. But ever since Hill has gone down with the injury, this is before Eichel's out. They have dropped substantially in their play. So now you add Jack Eichel to the mix, and you're looking at playing catch up in the back half of the season. You already had a very easy schedule for the first half of the season. Now you're facing much tougher opponents. Your goalie is recovering from an injury. Your top scorer is recovering from an injury. This could be the Vegas downfall right here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You, you're just hoping. I mean, I, I just. Hell yeah. I think. Are we all? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I'm just saying that, like, with the all-star break coming up. Now is probably the better time to let people rest yeah. than later. So, I, I mean, to your point, I think that they understand that their their season's about to get more difficult. They understand that they're dealing with these injuries. I think that they're trying to you know work through them the best that they can. And that's obviously putting people to rest and letting them get healthy and so that they can come back and, and play well. Just quickly, out of their last 10 games, they've lost seven. Yeah! Ooh. How many of those were regulation <laughs> losses? While she looks that up, I will say I did alert the normal hosts of the fact that Vegas is very low in the top 10 around where I placed them in our top 10. Okay, but that was a month ago, and that doesn't matter. No, that wasn't where they were a month ago. I'm not saying that's where they are now. That's where they are now. And that's like saying me putting the Winnipeg Jets in my top 10 and them being literally number one in the league right now is just as good. So, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for that. 
but I mean, it sounds like, I mean, everybody's talking right now that like Jack Eichel's dying, you know, like they, they sound like you guys are sounding like it's the downfall of the Golden Knights, but look me in the face and tell me they're not going to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. mean, like, what are we to, talking to about? be fair, I, I brought up that they were lower in the top 10. This was before this was like a week ago, not a full week, but close. If they were an Eastern, if they were an Eastern Conference team, I would say yeah, start you know raising the alarms because just it's so tight in the East that like dropping seven games like that is going to put you back and out of the playoffs. So you just have um, to hope that that the Kings don't start sparking up again because they've kind of gone through a downfall. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it feels like a lot of those Western Conference teams that were really really hot and kind of going at it are starting to get cold again because like Seattle had a rough start but they're coming back and I mean like they're I mean Edmonton holy hell as well. Edmonton yeah Edmonton's yeah. catching on which everybody's disc did, did hate because why would we want them to do well but anyway um I, I it, it's almost like the Western Conference is starting to flip a little bit um which I like to see, you know, because uh, I, I, I don't necessarily want to see repeats. Um, I don't like Vegas. But um, that being said, I think they're going to be fine with Jack Eichel's situation. I think they're going to get better and healthier and, and probably still compete. And I'm, I don't know that they'd win the West, but they're going to be close. Let's go Canucks. <laughs> Ew, no, get him out either. of here. <laughs> He's done. You're done. We're not, we're not listening to you anymore. Mute. But... <laughs> Okay, let's go to the East Coast. Back to Nick's territory. Uh, and Amanda's. Fact check her, Amanda. She's and Jesse's. A, a and big, Tyson's. Like, well, okay, but Kane's fans. <laughs> that's all I was saying. But yes, all of you. I'm the only West Coaster here. Um, Pacioretty, he's back. And as someone who has held him in fantasy for three seasons straight, I'm so <laughs> over the moon about it. I was probably overly excited for him to come back. Um I mean, obviously, he's a name in the league that everybody kind of recognizes. Um, and it sucks the way that he went out. And then to come back and go back out again, it's just, it's hard. And, um, you know, he didn't play a great game when he came back. The first one was against the Devils. Oh, that's right. They lit him up six to three. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's it's always good when he's back. It's a good story. I think that probably puts him in a position to, you know, lean towards like the master center award or something like that, where he can get kind of comeback player. Um, I think he had a pretty decent game in the last like four or five that he's played. So it sounds like he's getting comfortable in the capital system and good to have him back. He has played five games, including the one that occurred today uh, against the New York Rangers that I don't want to talk about. Um, he scored his goal. He scored a goal against the Seattle Kraken. He's got an assist, so he's got two points in those five games. Um, and that that goal that he scored was, I think, 362 days after his last goal that he scored. So it's really nice to see him getting back into the groove of things, um, scoring points. Hopefully he's going to be a little bit more of an influence for that team. He's currently playing on the first line with Ryan Strom and TJ Oshie because uh, Alex Ovechkin is out uh, with some sort of injury. Yeah, in five five games, two points. You know, I, I think most people thought he would just instantly get re-injured and not play for another three and a half years. But, I mean, five games, two points, that's a start. And he's not well, injured. This is the amount of games that he played with the Hurricanes last season in which he got injured. So he's already getting, he's already surpassed that, which is good to see. Though he did have more goals, if I remember correctly. I think it was three goals in those five games. 
Uh, but still, it's better to see him playing the game and actually able to skate as opposed to being you know down on the ground and needing help off. So what I was going to say is um, to that point, which just you know, with with patches being back, um, I watched that Capitals game today. They played really well without Alexander Ovechkin, didn't they? So I'm just saying. I mean, last oh, week, I see last, where week you're last, going. last week when I was on, I'm just saying. You know, I, there's some credence there, and I, I'm maybe it's a weird anomaly, but they play. They really sell really out. Well. They sell out for the record. They I'm telling you, they're really, going to sell they played, out. <laughs> they played a really, really great game against. I mean, I hate them, but a really good Rangers team. So I, say what you want, but the Capitals played a better game without Alex Ovechkin today. The Rangers are also in a slump. A quick point to Tyson's um, about Ovechkin and how last week on the podcast we had talked about, like, will he surpass Gretzky's record and will it be with the Capitals? We put up a post on our Facebook page to let people vote and more people voted that he would not reach Gretzky's record. Just period. Uh, Not at all. More people are wrong. (laughs) See, I said he wouldn't do it in a Capitals jersey, and I think that's true. Um, I, I, mathematically, it just seems impossible for him to not because it's what is he like 30, 40 goals out? 60 ish. 60. Okay, 60. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So we were talking like if he if he stays on track and goes anywhere from 20 to or so goals in a year, 64 goals all, away. He, so if he scores 20 goals for the next three years, he'll be there. Basically, is what we're saying. And, like, I, I just think that it's close. I just don't know how long the Capitals can allow that ship to sink. But, anyway, I'm not going to – we probably don't want to talk about that again, but that's okay. Tune in to last week's episode if you want to hear more of Etchkin talk. Um, I still stand by what I said. I think he I think he breaks it. And if you don't agree, mm-hmm. go vote on our Facebook page. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and yell at Ethan why he's wrong. <laughs> it, yeah, tell me why I'm wrong. A uh, couple returning things. Uh, uh, we just talked about Pacioretty, but Ottinger, he did return. Didn't have a great night, but the Stars also have a terrible defense. That's all we'll say about that. And Landeskog has and started we can't just gloss skating. over that. We just can't gloss over that. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Jake yeah, Ottinger stop him. Stop him. terrible. Tracks. Did he give up four or five goals before they pulled him? Uh, no, they didn't pull him. He gave up Ooh. six, but uh, well, one, one was an those, empty netter. Yeah, I was about to say one of those had to be an empty net. There's no way they'd let him sit there. <laughs> but but to be fair, coming back from injury, he's been gone almost a month, and he faced over 30 shots. That's on the defense right there. But then again, Miro Haskinen's out, and this whole thing of the rest of the guys step up, they, they didn't. So here we are. So where are you at? Are you did, like did you, did you watch the game when Otter came back? I was at the game. Oh, that's right. It was. You saw it in person. <laughs> so, Love it. So where are you at as a Stars fan? Are you hitting the panic switch yet, or what are you doing? I'm saying we need to get a defenseman by the trade deadline if we want a chance at the Cup. I, but I'm I'm not concerned about Otter. I'm more concerned about our shot capability and our defense. Landeskog, though. Staying within the central division, um, I don't remember which one of you brought this up that he's skating because just yeah. like Tyson said, any given day, things could change. And as far as I was concerned, the last I saw was Landis Gog was possibly done for his career mm-hmm. and now he's skating. 
They are uh, stating that he is expected to miss the remainder of the season still. So that really hasn't changed. Um, the last game that he played was in the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2022 when they lifted the cup. Um, the coach said that this has been the goal to get him uh, on his recovery, was to be able to get him to skate. So this is kind of on par for what they're expecting of him, but they still believe that he's going to miss the rest of this season. Does that mean regular season, Jesse? Like, so, like, if they make a play, like a cup run, like, there's no chance he comes back. There was an, uh, there was someone on NHL Network Radio on Sirius stating that there is a possibility that if they make the playoffs, that he can come back in the playoffs. But uh, no NHL player has ever played again after having similar surgeries to what Landeskog had. Landeskog did have a cartilage replacement surgery on his knee, and no one has come back from that. A lot of the a lot of his teammates are speculating that if anyone is going to be able to do it, it will be Gabriel Landeskog. Well, I mean, people have come back from like crazier things, and and I'm not trying to belittle what he's done because um, it's it's a huge deal. It's it's like a big. Yeah, it's terrible. But um, I hated that for Colorado. Not that I like the team in general, but Landis Cog's a crazy good player. Um, and it just sucks that you don't get to see like what he brings to the table, the product that they could actually have in Colorado. I mean, with their roster, if you put Landis Cog in there, it'd probably be one of the most entertaining rosters in the league easily. And it's just, it sucks that he's been out for so long. And for him to be back on the ice and skating a little bit is that's a big deal and good news. For sure. It did uplift the team. I mean, they played uh, a game. I don't remember who they were playing against, but they won that game after they had played a practice with him. And everyone was incredibly stoked that he was able to be on the ice with them and 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 skate. Everyone was incredibly happy. Georgiev uh, made comments about how exciting he, excited he was about uh, Landis Cog coming back. So it definitely helped rally the team to be able to have their captain back on the ice with them, even if just for a practice. For everyone here, do you think he plays another NHL game in his lifetime? So I don't know that he comes back this year. I think if Colorado makes the playoffs and he can skate, I think they're better off keeping what they have instead of switching things around and adding Landis Cog. Um, but I, I th if he's going to play, it would probably be in the 24-25 season. I, I agree with Tyson. I think even if he can skate and play this season, even in the playoffs, they won't bring him back. It, it doesn't make sense to. Um, but hundred hundred percent could see him playing next season. I would rather them be careful with him. Yep. Yeah, it's too risky to bring him back. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the dude's a warrior. He's gonna come back. I think he's. I. I, I mean, he loves the game. He's been trying to come back to this point this whole time. I think him as a player and as a person is gonna just have to do all this rehab and health, and all that type of stuff. He's at least gonna want to prove to himself the fan base and you know the hockey world in general that he can still play he's he's got it in him and, and i think he has a lot to prove to himself too so um i hope he comes back i think league's better when players like landis cogger in it and um it would be exciting to see unfortunately that type of avalanche roster with him in it well unfortunately yeah he you don't want a patch ready <laughs> situation i mean we talked about him earlier but you don't want him to come back too soon um and re-tear it and then be done. I mean, you, you want to make sure that he gets enough conditioning and everything so he's ready to compete for a season. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, for for me, my answer is it sounds like based on him skating that there is hope. So if if there is that hope, he's the kind of player who's going to push. I mean, he's going to make as as good of an effort as he can to hitting the ice before his career is over. Um, it might not be the same Landeskog that we're used to seeing. It's going to be obviously an aged Landeskog. Uh, probably going to be some different players around him once he does come back. I hope the best for him. As a Central Division team fan, I hope he comes back and doesn't really add much to the team. But I hope he comes back and has a lot of fun. And so good for him. <laughs> Lots of fun, no goals. Lots of yeah, fun, have, zero goals. No Have points. fun and end your career on your own terms. There you go. Do you think that if Landis Cog never plays again, that Colorado brings him in as some kind of development coach or office type guy? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yep. Yep. 100%. So to wrap up the NHL news, we've got a couple trades slash extensions. Uh, Cedar, Cedar Quist. Does anyone know how to say his name? <laughs> nobody. Cedar I'm Quist? sure nobody. Cedar, Cedar I Quist. Looked it up, I looked it up and it was just Cedar Quist. Like it was very straightforward. Oh, cool. Cool. Perfect. Harder than it it's had to someone. <laughs> it, none of us know much about him. He's an AHLer, but he was traded uh, from Buffalo to the Montreal Canadiens, which Tyson, that, that's on you. If you've got anything Future about consideration it. strikes again. <laughs> so, so I'm very excited to see what future considerations brings to the table. If you want the full rundown, here's what I think it is. So Montreal, I think knows they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, despite, you know, good performances from players like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield is doing really well. Um, Sean Monahan, I think, is surprising a lot of people on that roster. Even, I mean, even Brendan Gallagher is doing better than what people anticipated he would do this year. But for some reason, um, they can't get it together. They're losing games they need to win, but they're beating the shit out of Western Conference teams. So that's weird. Um, but, you know, they're young yet. They're kind of acquiring pieces like Thanos does. Um, they've got Montablon in the, in the net, and I think that he could be a starting goaltender. I wish he probably had some more development before he got to the position he did, but, um, you know, they're, they're acquiring pieces so that they can build future considerations. The trade is probably more just developmental type moves, looking to do something where they can progress here in the next year or two and see what they have kind of early part of next year. Give them a go at the system. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and that's what they're doing right now. And that's what they have to do because they, they know they're not contenders. Everybody in the league knows they're not contenders. So they're not easy. They're not easy to point. They're not, but for whatever reason, they just can't finish a game. And I've, I've, since being a part of this whole thing, I've never really watched the Canadians, but I've watched more Montreal hockey in my entire life in the last probably year and a half. And um, I, I will say that they're they're a fun product to watch. It's just hard to see when they can't finish the games. I love Martin St. Louis, but screw the Habs. Love <laughs> to see their their them being on the bottom floor. There's some bias there. I think there's there's a bit of bias. Not at all. If, Not at all. If any, <laughs> if any of you Canadian listeners are listening in, they are the last team to hoist the cup from Canada in 1993. So there you go, guys. All <laughs> the way back 
I was not even, I was not even, I was being born when they hoisted the cup. I was born June 18th, 1993. And my zip code is, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And my social and my mother's maiden name. So to to wrap this thing up, Nick Foligno, he's extended with Chicago. Uh, He agreed to a two-year, $9 million extension. I think it's interesting because he could be one of these guys, kind of like a Luke Shen. It's a holdover kind of captaincy. And I think this could happen with Nick Foligno because obviously Connor Bedard is very young. You don't want to throw him into the captaincy this soon. Maybe you sign Nick Foligno to a two-year extension and then have him kind of show Bedard the rope. That's what it seems the team is expecting from him. Uh, There were a lot of quotes from the general manager, Kyle Davidson, about the impact that he's had more so off the ice in the locker room as a leader. Uh, The dude brings a veteran presence. I think he's 36 years old. He's got that presence to be a leader for that team. And they definitely need somebody because they've got a lot of young dudes on that roster like Connor Bedard. Um, And there's really no one on that team aside from Nick Foligno that I could think of that would fit that role. I am. I like Nick Foligno. Uh, I like the Flamino, the Foligno family, like Marcus. The fl- them Flamingo family. You know what I'm saying. And um, what I think is hard in that position where he's at now is that they paid how much for him? 4.5 million per year for two per years. Per year. Per year. I feel like maybe they overpaid for him. It's, it's, I steep, do agree, but they do have money. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but don't you want to try to save some of that so you can try to go? Get no, some most definitely, can... most definitely. But we're talking about I mean, a team who's currently sporting a AHL lineup. Yeah, know. but they've got like seven people that are injured right now. I just, it's, I like the move. I like keeping Nick Foligno. I just think they overpaid for him because um, to Jesse's point, he's a veteran presence in the locker room. He's somebody that Bedard can learn from. Um, I mean, it seems like they kind of had some chemistry anyway, but. They need an identity, and I think Chicago is on the process of getting there. They just can't. After you do what they did with Patrick Kane and um, who the hell else? Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves and um, Sharp and all these other guys. Like To win the three Stanley Cups that they did, um, obviously they're going to be terrible, and they are now, and that kind of the fruit that they got out of that was Connor Bedard. So... I think the move that they made with with Nick is to try to help that seed grow, so to speak. And I I think maybe they pay overpaid for him, but I agree it's an overpayment. However, with everything in recent news for Chicago, if you have a veteran guy like that who has expressed the slightest bit bit of interest of, hey, I might stay in Chicago a few more years. You pay him whatever he wants, because at this point, you take whoever will put their their uh, their eggs in your basket, so to speak. It allows for that team to, you know, as you mentioned, Tyson, to foster the seed that is Connor Bedard. Foligno is going to be with Bedard for the rest of his entry level contract. At the, those next two years. So it'll allow him to learn, it'll allow Bedard to learn from him, maybe become the captain in, in, after he's gone, and, and then they can move their separate ways from that. Yeah, veteran leadership is huge. So I, I think it's a big deal that they signed him, even if it wasn't overpay. Keep someone. 
Just yeah, anyway. Who's, keeps, who's keeps someone at this point? <laughs> is he actually the captain in Chicago currently? No, no, no. They really? don't. That was one. just a theory. That there is Ooh, no captain. Have one? Did they have any alternates? Yeah. Uh, Seth Jones, Nick Foligno, Connor Murphy, and that's it. See, I think it's weird when teams do that. They don't have a captain, but they have alternates. Like, just put a C on somebody's jersey. Like, well, somebody in that locker room that can lead them for the year. There's somebody that can do that. Taves was the captain, and right. technically, this is the first season he is not a Blackhawk. So it's like a let's see where we are. Obviously, Connor Bedard's the most likely candidate in the long run if he chooses to stay. It's up to his mom, but we'll see. Um, it is. <laughs> uh, moving on after that, Nylander, he's extended, and I don't know how. Big Willie. I no. said it. I said it on the podcast. I was like, there's no way he signs in Toronto. They don't have the money. He signs for eight years and it's eleven and a half million. And that comes after the Austin Matthews extension, which was a four year, 53 million over the four years. So where's t- Toronto getting the money? Did they lock up Mitch Marner yet? Nope. No, no. that's where <laughs> they got the money from. I thought they would get rid of Nylander way before they got rid of Mitch Marner. And they have Taves. Taves is coming up. They're not going to resign Taves. If they do, it's it's something super tiny that they can afford. They're not going to give Taves any money. He's too old. You can't pay him. I don't think they can resign Martyr. I mean, where are they going to get the money from? How are they going to field a roster at this point if they sign him too? Currently have thirty five thousand for cap space. This just seems like they're doing a Kyle Dubas all over with for living. <laughs> it's literally like the same game. They're locking up the core four or five people that they've got on their roster, giving them a load of money and then still having to worry about goaltending and defense. They could score goals. Sure. But I mean, if you're getting, if your goaltender's getting lit up, then what's the point? So, so take a wild guess as to what their current cap space is. I think Amanda much. just said it. I'm looking at Cat Friendly, so I have it up. <laughs> I heard it. Attention to me. I heard it. I heard it. Thirty-four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Nice, good for them. Broke. They could buy. They could buy like a skate sharpener. <laughs> <laughs> but but that is that is current. That is not including their their extensions. Right. Well, I mean, after this season, you have Austin Matthews at. 13.25 or And then you have Nylander at 11 and a half. So, I mean, that's $25 million right there. Let's be optimistic. 88 million. That's the high end of what they're projecting the cap's going to be starting next year. 88 million. You've already used up 24.75 million. Over Over a quarter of your cap space. For two people. Yep. Enjoy not winning cups, Toronto. I mean, they're so tied up in these contracts. If they don't win it the next couple of years, they're going to be screwed. But what I think... No, no it's, it was this about, year. This year. It's, it's, it's this year. It has to be this year. I mean, but I would say that they could probably fill in a couple spots to kind of, you know, put it along if they don't. But what I think people aren't realizing or talking about is how it affects the market in general. Because, I mean, I, I don't... It is what it is. But for example, Jake Gensel is a pretty good free agent coming up. So what does that mean for the Penguins as far as re-signing Jake Gensel? We can't pay him 11 something million dollars. I'm not saying he's not worth it, but I, I, actually he's probably not worth it. But I, I don't think he's worth 11 point something. 
but he's he now has more bargaining room. He's going to say, "Well, look what Nylander got." For sure, I'm the leading. I have I'm I have forty three points. I'm the leading scorer on the team right now. You're just going to let me walk, and I unfortunately I think that's the answer unless we trade him, and well, I don't know that we can do that. <laughs> I think the good news is Nylander is having such a great season that mm. when it comes to any other player, um. They're not going to have the, well, look, I'm doing better than this player, Nylander. I'm, Gunsel's not doing better than Nylander, right? No. He's doing great. He's leading the Penguins, but he can't use Nylander as a benchmark for his contract negotiations. Same for Austin Matthews' contract extension. You can't, well, he's, a, he's a name. It, no, it's more but, about the name, and he's a good player, but... No, but your agent can definitely use that in negotiations and say, you know, yeah. well, I understand my client is not William, William Nylander, but he's on that tier and he's proven himself to be a scoring, you know, player, a leading player and all these other type of things. And it's not just Jake Gensel that that applies to. I mean, it's going to apply to all the free agents upcoming that all these ownership groups are really anticipating this cap jumping a lot. And I think it's going to really screw some of these smaller market teams that can't afford to do it. And and, and like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think paying Nylander that type of money has really screwed kind of the, the, it, it made a bigger wave than what it should have, I think. They've definitely screwed over the market. I think what will end up happening is these players like Gunsel or other big name players that are coming up with contract extensions needed. Uh, they're going to have to make a decision. Do you want the money like Nylander or do you want the cut potential, which Nylander will not have, in my opinion. Um, Nylander is a great player and he is worth maybe what they paid him. But they cannot afford a cup roster if they're paying these guys like that. So for the player, and if you're the player's agent, it's do you want to win a cup or do you want to get paid big? That's the trade-off. You think he's not worth the money they paid him? No, I do think he's worth the money they paid him. Um, but I don't think he wins a cup with them. With the current roster. Like, maybe if they dump players later on or whatever, he might. But... As far as the current way they're building this roster, I don't think there's no way they need a goalie. They need defense. They need so many other things. They've locked down two forwards, but okay. Now what? Well, here's a couple interesting things. So for next season, they do have Tavares and Marner in a contract still, but you have Matthews, a cap hit of cap hit of thirteen point two five mil. You have Tavares with eleven mil. Marner with 10.9 mil and Nylander with 11 and a half. Four players you have $45 million wrapped up in out of $88 million cap hit. And Dubas all over again. And Samsonov and Martin Jones are both free agents. So the only goalie you have is Joseph Wool. So what do you do? <laughs> Try and get Bettman to raise the cap. <laughs> you, you roll out there with half a Ford group. <laughs> so what I was going to ask, because he just came up, is is Joseph Wall playing currently? No, he's injured. He's injured. So yeah. so who do they have in net? Samsonov is... And Martin no, he's, Jones. He's with the Islanders. Martin Jones, and then who was the guy... And Samsonov. 
And oh, they did have Samuel. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just put yeah. him down on. They had him on waivers, didn't they? They put him down to the AHL or something like that. He's playing. They, they did, now? but he came. He, oh, they did. He came yes. back. He has to come back now. So, like, they have Matt Murray, who is he was out. Yeah, Matt Murray, the the, the who's on LTIR champion <laughs> because he had a hip surgery. I, I I always check in randomly. I don't know why, but I do. And so, even if he, he was, was on your healthy, team. I like the guy though. This is the problem, and, and, and like he's, I think he's the perfect example of a player that had so much mental stuff happen to him in a short period of time that it just it it completely wiped his ability to play hockey. And I just he can't physically be healthy. He's dealing with mental issues, I think, and he can't find a scene that works for him. I thought that he would do well in Toronto, but can't stay healthy to do it. And when he's in there, he's a complete and total liability. So, I. To everybody's point here, if they're signing anything, they need to go out and get get goaltenders. They should have saved that money, and they should have got Hallibuck from the Winnipeg Jets when they were dealing with all that bullshit. Because I think Hellebuck is a way better investment than spending 11 point something on William Nylander, especially if you're in a win-now mentality. 100%. I think Hellebuck's committed to staying in Winnipeg. I don't think he would have left. You don't think Hellebuck would have left Winnipeg? Getting a sweet deal from an original six team. He got one. He got a sweet deal from no, and he from an, have to deal from with an original media. six team. You don't think you don't. And think he doesn't have to player, deal with the Toronto media. He still has to deal with the Canadian media, so he's used to it. But what I'm saying it's is, it's not that, the same in Toronto, though. No, okay, okay, but Halibut. Okay, look me in the face and tell me if Halibut went to Toronto, his odds of winning a cup aren't better. I'm just. The I, I mean, Jets are first in the league right now. Correct, but. I'm just saying, historically speaking, they're, they, we don't know what the Jets are going to do. They didn't do well last year in the playoffs, did they? Neither did Toronto, and Toronto hasn't done well in the playoffs over because the last what, 20 what years. Does, they won their what first has been the, the round. Inconsistency, the inconsistency in Toronto is the same thing it's been in the Hurricanes. The entire team. They don't have, they don't have goal today. It's the entire and so, team. And so, and so back to Ethan's point is that you're spending all this money on forwards, but if you're not investing any money into goaltending, then... What's the two point? Forwards. And I'm not saying I'm not saying Hallibuck was forwards. I'm not saying I'm not saying Hallibuck was the answer. It was just an example because I know he was a goaltender that was coming up on contract and was looking for money. So I think Hallibuck would have been a good fit in Toronto, and I think that Toronto would have been better off trying to make an investment in goaltending. So instead of say spend eleven and a half million on Nylander, um, Hallibuck got an eight and a half million dollar extension. You got to even go extension. back to Matthews. Uh, Matthew yeah. should have shouldn't have gotten thirteen and a half. I would agree with that. Why not? You know, instead of investing all that money, why not instead go to Hellebuck and say, hey, "We'll give you nine and a half a year if you'll come here." Like, and so they give them a million more than the Jets do. Yeah, I'm, and that's kind of what I was going to say. Like with Tyson's point, I agree. If Hellebuck went to Toronto before all of these extensions happened he would have a better chance at the cup because I think Toronto would be a contender with Hellebuck. But now that they've done all these extensions and Hellebuck staying put in Winnipeg, I think he's better off, which is what Jesse was saying in Winnipeg. I think he has a better shot now in Winnipeg. This is the deal with what Toronto does. They, they put all of their money, they put all of their eggs into their forwards and and they completely dismiss everything else regarding their defense and their goaltending. And they just it just doesn't seem like they care about winning a Stanley Cup. They and don't you know who it. has a you know what team is built very similar and is 
it's almost copy paste. The Calgary Flames. Yep. Who was their GM? Same guy. Same guy. That's a that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And so that's how he builds it. And you know, Toronto looked to make the same success full runs as Calgary. If that's any yeah, consolation. Yeah, it's great that you could score four goals a game, but it doesn't help if you can't if you give up five. So I, if, I mean, if like, you give up five, yeah. And that's what they're doing. And, and like, it's the same thing as like Edmonton. Edmonton's the exact same way. I think they Edmonton's yep. probably made a little bit more investment in their defense with somebody like Darnell Nurse, but like, they, I, I, it's the same exact situation. There's a lot of parity in these Canadian teams now. We're pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the cup stays in America, so you know. Yeah, there you it go. Will. It will, as it will for the next fifty years. My favorite fact is Texas. Texas has more Stanley Cups than Canada in the last thirty years. <laughs> And if that wasn't a controversial segment, let's go to a controversial segment with controversies. So another name I haven't heard enough to pronounce correctly. Gothier? Gothier? Cutter Gothier. Gothier. Everything except what I said. Um, He has been traded from Philadelphia to the Anaheim Ducks. And shout out to Brian S., for bringing this up in our Facebook comments. If you do want us to talk about something, comment on a post, let us know what you want us to talk about, and we'll give you a shout-out. Thanks, Brian. I I thank you, Brian. I hope you're not a Flyers fan, because we're about to get ugly here. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't... Okay, on one side, I don't mind it. You know, if you don't want to play there, and the team doesn't want you, or however that works out, I get it. You want to go to a place that you genuinely feel like you're going to be comfortable and genuinely want to play in. But what drives me absolutely crazy is these young guys that have never played a—I mean, never played a single shift in the NHL. They come in here and they have these agents that give them the ability to have these bargaining chips, I guess. So, I mean, I guess Cutter must be a pretty good player because he's kind of calling his own shots, but. It's so ironic to me that all these Flyers fans are murdering this kid online when the greatest player they've ever had was the same dramatic whiny baby. Eric Lindros was like, I'm not playing over here. I'm not playing for the New York Kings. And then he goes to the Flyers and they're like, oh, Eric Lindros. So Cutter does the same. And they're like, oh, screw that kid. Crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. And he clearly is a good player. I mean, he was taken fifth overall in 2022. So. He's he's got some merit to him. It, what I found very weird about the whole thing was there was a video of him on draft day and he's sitting there at the desk and he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I grew up a Flyers fan. My mom's been a Flyers fan my whole life. I'm so I'm excited to be, to a, be flyer. a flyer. Yeah. yeah, I'm a flyer. And then what a jerk cut, off. Cut to oh. a future interview where he's like, I'm a big Penguins fan. I don't know how that's going to go over with Philadelphia, but, you know, <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Smart kid. <laughs> the, the other part of the story, which we can then unpack the whole thing more, but uh, Tortorella, the Flyers coach, uh, he he unloaded on the press for starting rumors that this had Kevin Hayes' fingerprints all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and good for him, because we've talked about it on the show where the media carries things way out of proportion it happens in everything not just hockey but it does happen in hockey and so 
he just goes at he just asks the reporters if you haven't seen the video uh he asks the reporters who started this like just come clean and some brave soul is like oh yeah that was me he seemed and very proud of it too he's he like was me. so <laughs> bold uh if, if i were him i'd be like i don't know some other guy but uh just- but he does good for him yeah, there you go. Yeah, just turn your head and pretend it's not you. <laughs> but Tortorella let him have it. Well, rightfully so, too, because this guy said in his podcast that multiple sources said that Hayes had, was very in, influential on Gauthier and that he said he didn't want to play under Tortorella, blah, blah, blah. And then there were a bunch of fans on the internet giving Kevin Hayes shit, saying that he they wish his family was dead and that they're glad his brother his brother died his brother Jimmy overdosed RIP Jimmy That's fucked up that's insane mm-hmm. how could yeah, you say that to up. somebody who who hasn't been he hasn't been on the team for a year I think he was traded last year and it's it's crazy to say that to somebody who you don't know that you don't really even know if if Hayes had anything to do with this why would you say that to him that's disgusting disgusting in true Philly fan fashion that's disgusting yeah. Flyers fans. Disgusting. Because this is a stupid game. Because this is a stupid game that everybody takes too f***ing seriously. And so when this happens, you get these guys that have their families dragged into it. I mean, Jesse, you're a Kraken fan. Look at the Alex Winberg situation. Hockey fans, they don't have any f***ing bounds. They don't care. They're going to say whatever Sports fans. And Sports fans don't have any bounds. Philly fans. Philly fans. <laughs> That's true, too. Yep. I don't know. Absolutely I, true. But not to go down this road, but did y'all see the story about the Chicago Bulls fans? Oh, that my God. They booed, GM they booed. While they the booed widow's the, there. What was his? What was the GM's name? He died in, like, 2017 or something like that. And his widow's there accepting his 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 addition to their ring of honor. And their, this... 90-year-old woman is in tears crying because all of Chicago all is booing her. Booing. Disgusting. I did not see that. That is Disgusting. gross. It's so bad. Disgusting. I will not okay, watch so, it. So to loop it back to hockey here, like, so the whole situation is crazy, just how they handled it. But to keep it positive, I think John Tortorella had the absolute best response to the entire situation because they asked him, they're like, what do you think about Cutter Gauthier not wanting to play here? And he says, I couldn't identify him from a hole in the wall. A glory hole in the wall. Mm. <laughs> Love that answer. Love that answer because he flips it around and he says, I want to talk about Jamie Drysdale because Jamie wants to be here. He's on his way here. Yep. He's a great player. What he can bring to the team. That's what I want to talk about. I'm not going to talk about Cutter because one, I don't know shit about his game because we just drafted him. And two, he doesn't want to be here. So he's irrelevant to the conversation. So as much as I hate the Flyers for obvious reasons. I love Torts. How do you how do you dislike Torts? Just what he brings to the locker room is crazy and chaotic, but... I've read all these reports where he's honestly like the biggest teddy bear, the biggest sweetheart in the league. Like he's so nice to all these people. And like, I don't know. I I don't like the flyers, but I like torts. I said this recently. I think it was in the last episode or two that John Tortorella is tough. He's a, he could be a jerk off when he wants to be, but he's also incredibly fair to his players and his, there are most of his players love him. There are some that don't, and I can understand why. He holds people accountable, and people don't like that. And that's what he did with this reporter who said that stuff about uh, Kevin Hayes. And that's what he does all the time. I love John Tortorella. I, I wish that he could be back in New York. Maybe not right now. But, uh, you know, like I, I think that he's a great coach, and I think that he's a great person. And you know what? He's a player's coach. For sure. If Luke Richardson, current Chicago Blackhawks head coach, 
if he had done something similar as Torts with the whole Corey Perry, Connor Bedard's mom thing, for one, you would have had one less joke in this podcast. And for two, you would have missed out on all of the jokes that were made. If he had come out and done this and just said, hey, we're going to put this to rest right now. This isn't the story. Stop running with it. Chicago would be better off. You seize the narrative. He took a hold of yeah. it. He grabbed the narrative and he made it Philadelphia's. He didn't allow the media to take it away. And that's what Torts does. That's what he does. Yeah, I, I really appreciate Torts because he keeps it real. He keep he keeps it level with everybody. And I think everyone should respect that. Um, but what I was going to say is I what I found most humorous about this whole situation, and I think you all have seen it on on Twitter, X, whatever it's called. Um, but the reporter crying after <laughs> Torts called him out. What a thing. It was just put on blast for no reason. And then just to see the comments in response to his tweet was hilarious. I got such a kick out of it. It was great. What a bitch. I haven't <laughs> seen that. But man, that's on him. Every person in this podcast right now would absolutely break down into tears if John Tortorella ripped into them. I promise you that because I, I can tell you right now. Whoa, what analyze. He can analyze people enough. He can pick out your, your, your biggest insecurity and he'll just he'll run with it. Yeah, but you know what? Our self-awareness would prevent us from ever running a story like he did. Like the, oh, the reporter sure. did. Yeah, that's true. That so that, true. that was his mistake. You oh, said right. we have up. optics. We have optics. It's like, think right. about, it's like, think about the consequences. If I say this, John Tortorella might yell at me, and I don't want that. I really Especially don't when you that. attend every presser. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he'll, he'll never come to another presser again. Oh. <laughs> He just—he probably lost his job. Has anybody looked into that one? He has. I not. haven't looked that far into it. No. Props to him. He—he he fessed up. He did say, "Hey, that was me," and I give Very him props proud for that. Today. Very proud. The way, yeah, the way that he said it, he was like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, gang, I totally did that." Shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the problem with with media, especially in a niche sport like hockey, where it's not as covered as like NFL or like NBA and that type of thing, is that you got a lot of guys. And I mean, we're kind of in a similar situation where independent media, whatever, if I get, get access to players and that type of thing, I can I have every right to write what I want to in a blog and whatever else. So, I mean, you know, if the, even if this guy loses kind of whatever he's got going, he can do his own. Independent you also thing and. You also have every right to be screamed at by the coach if you do that. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And massacred <laughs> by everybody on Twitter. It's not X. It's Twitter. Oh, why did he call me out? How dare him yell at me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but to wrap up the controversies, uh, we did touch a little bit on Corey Perry. There's not a whole lot that that's come out other than just the fact that he can resign. I did see some rumors that Toronto... Looking at yeah, it, yeah, I saw that too. Which, which of Carolina's course, Carolina's looking at it. Really? No, I'm just making no. that up. I, that I, I, I was, I was. Legit. Legit. Corey <laughs> Perry and Tony D'Angelo. Corey <laughs> Perry and Tony D'Angelo. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, Corey Perry made it work with Jamie Ben, and they were oh foes God. for a very long time. They're gonna, they're gonna run train on Sebastian Ajo's mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, leave it to Toronto to. Uh, to double down on their concept of load up on forwards. So, could you imagine? Could you imagine a team with Corey Perry and Max Domi? 
It'd be just the most. Oh, that's a pesky team. Yeah, that's annoying. As <laughs> that would be like an '80s hockey team. That would be ridiculous. It really would be. Yeah. Do you think Toronto would actually? Do you think Corey Perry is actually a good fit to Toronto, like legitimately, or do you think that that's how they're going to pay him? If the, you didn't have the cap okay. situation, you can't. They're, they're not going to give him Corey Perry. They're going to give him thirty-five thousand dollars. It's sad because you know who really needs forwards right now? Chicago. <laughs> They need forwards really badly. That's true. Back to Chicago. <laughs> Welcome back like nothing ever happened. Yeah, he learned his lesson. We'll take him back. Real quick, can we also establish that we we as a group don't actually believe Corey Perry did anything with Connor Bedard's mom and understand that it was somebody else in the organization? I mean, the joke's hilarious, but I don't... Like, if we're sitting here talking about, like kevin hayes situation like we probably shouldn't keep the same narrative as funny as the jokes are yeah I, it doesn't make sense uh, that's, that's I mean, yeah I, I don't think he did anything like that um top shelf dusters understand that that was a rumor and completely speculative and something the internet yeah. ran with <laughs> yeah do you think that he could do you think he could end up in a team like Maybe I think Anaheim or, makes the most. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say Anaheim or St. Louis or Phoenix. I mean, they could probably get Corey pretty cheap. What was that third team? Phoenix. Oh, I thought you said the Knicks. I don't know why you. Said that. <laughs> I, thought I thought he said Knicks too. He's changing gears. He's <laughs> playing like basketball. The, the, he's uh, going. He's basketball now. Coyotes. The Yotes. He's going to New York. <laughs> Them desert dogs. I. I. But I mean. Do you think he would be a good fit in New York, either the Islanders or the Rangers? They have room. No. They could use some veteran forwards. You don't think so? No. Kind of fill in the I, I would, Patrick Kane situation? I would not want Corey Perry on the Rangers, and I don't think the – the Islanders don't – I don't think they need him either. The media of New York is – you've got to go somewhere where there's not tons of media pressure, which is maybe a reason why Toronto would not be a good fit. Uh, but somewhere I, like I could Phoenix, see Anaheim. I could yeah, see I could Anaheim. Anaheim. I don't know. He could – he couldn't handle the media in Chicago. Yeah. Phoenix Phoenix actually might be a sneaky good place for him to go. I mean, Phoenix is playing pretty well. If he wants to join a team that can make a playoff run, then that might be a good choice for him. If he's Fine. looking to play for, for more than a few years, then yes. If he's looking to exit his career here in the next year, go back to Anaheim. Just retire a duck. Be done. He's only like 31, 32 years old, though, isn't he? I mean, he's not... I mean... He's got some he's got some hockey left in him, and I mean Arizona's a young team that I don't necessarily know that he's Corey Perry's best influence. Yikes! I swear. <laughs> okay, well his retirement's tomorrow. Retirement. <laughs> Yikes! Okay, here here's an easy way to wrap this up. Just down the row, does Corey Perry play another NHL game? Yes. 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 I'm gonna go no. I I would not be shocked tomorrow. if he. <laughs> No, <laughs> oh man! If he signs, I wouldn't be shocked if he signs a one one day deal with Anaheim to retire. Duck can be done. Ethan always going against the grain. That's what he does. Yeah. And to wrap up, because we're going a little bit long tonight, but it's been a great conversation. We've got we've talked about a lot of stuff. Making some predictions as we typically do at the end of the podcast. We're going to talk some trade predictions because the trade deadline it's coming up. And there are teams, as we've talked about, that so need quick. people. 
So Tyson, take it away. <laughs> I think a lot of the conversation with somebody like like Brett Pesci, especially with the trade deadlines coming up, it seems like he's always kind of on the market. And a team like Carolina could really, really use a goaltender. And I know there's probably some really great goaltenders that are on you know non-contending teams. And so I think Brett Pesci would be a great package to send somebody so that you know Carolina can fill a need at goal. Because I think the conversation we've had this whole point is that you know they can't really they can't really rely on Ranta. Um, what they have coming up the pipeline is not so great. And, you know, Kochekov is dealing with some injury too. So I think the whole thing around Carolina is that they're missing a goaltender. They can't, you can't win a game by scoring four goals and giving up five, which is what we said earlier. So it, it, it would be crazy to me, especially in the situation they're now in the trade deadline coming up for Carolina to not seek somebody like a starting goaltender. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> um, Although I would, I would have been on the phone with Columbus yesterday when that story came out about him wanting a, about um, Elvis wanting a trade because I think that would be a home run for Carolina. So Elvis never actually he specifically said I don't want to request a trade because I like Columbus. He's asking for a better situation, meaning he believes he's not a backup goaltender and he wants to be the starter. But Columbus, though, there's some people who disagree with that. The franchise he plays for is one of them. So that's kind of a terrible position to be <laughs> in. But I've been saying it multiple appearances on this podcast to Nick's point. I think Elvis is a starting goaltender. I think the situation he's in in Columbus is a mess. So for Columbus to receive somebody like, let's say, Brett Pesh, Pre is it Pesci? Pesci. Pesci. And swap Elvis, I think that Columbus would probably have to give up some kind of draft pick as well. I don't necessarily think that that trade is even because Elvis's body of work compared to Brett's this is Brett. body of work are two totally different things, and I know you can't compare a defenseman to a goaltender, but the, the need for Columbus to move on from him I think is a lot higher because the urgency's there, he's not necessarily feeling the situation, and Nick, he did kind of ask for a trade, but not those words specifically. And it's hard to want to continue to push him when he kind of feels like he, quote unquote, needs a different situation, whether that's the starter to be traded. But I think that's a great move for you guys to do, honestly. Yeah, I would say either him or I would like Gibson, but I don't know if we're willing to give up what we need to give up for Gibson. I think his cap hit is a like six million or something, if I'm not mistaken. So Gibson is six point four million. But I don't know that anybody's gonna trade for Gibson. You know what I mean? Like he it feels like he's more of right. a free agency type thing. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know what his contract looks like, but I just I, I mean, given his body, I mean twenty, twenty six, twenty seven. Jesus. Ooh. I mean he's not his, going anywhere. <laughs> career wise, he's had a great career as a goaltender statistically. I mean he's not had a lot of success in the off season. Um, but that's, I don't think that's his fault as a player. I think that's his fault. I, I think that's the organization's fault. And it, it would just be hard to want to trade an asset like Brett Pesci for somebody like John Gibson, when you know that he's kind of hearing out in his career. So it, that's a hard one. Yeah. Here's an idea. And just to stick with, with the canes, cause we've got two canes people here, Amanda and Nick. So I, I'm going to, Ooh. I'm going to pitch a trade proposition and you guys just quick off the bat. Yes or no. Ready? Pesci 
for Jake Allen. Ooh. Jake Allen in something. No. Jake Allen in a draft pick. You, you caught me off guard here. <laughs> um, that might. Mm. I think it's worth a shot, in my opinion. It might be. It might be. I mean. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. Go ahead. I mean, Canadians are on the struggle bus for sure. And his goals against is not great, but he's at, you know, save percentages hovering right at 900. I mean, it might be worth it. Um, But could that be more because of the team around him? 100%. Oh, yeah. There's some potential there. I mean, I could see him behind Kachetkov. I mean, but he's Ronta's age. So it's like, is it a lateral move or is it an improvement? Yeah, but Jake Allen doesn't have the injury bug that Ronta has had. That's true. Not to my knowledge. That's true. If I'm wrong on that. What about, what about Brett Pesci? First round pick for Jeremy Swayman. Ooh. Oh, Boston doesn't do that though. It Ooh. would have to be Allmark. I think they trade in a heartbeat. You think they'd rather keep Allmark than Swayman? I don't think. I think so. Cass has mentioned previously on the podcast that he feels like Swayman's the future. I agree with that. I do agree. I was all for they should have traded Olmark before this season started. Ride the high of the Vezina and sell high. And the longer I think they go, they're going to have to part ways with one of them. And I think it ends up being Olmark. I think if you split that goalie tandem up, they're not the same. Oh, for sure. I think if you split them up, that locker room is not the same, and that goalie tandem. But they can't. Is, fo- completely they can't afford them both. I know they can't. It's the same situation as like Florida with Bobrovsky, and I mean it, that's the problem with having success in goal and being able to develop that talent. But if they're going to part with one, they might as well receive a defenseman that's you know pretty decent, kind of more two way than anything, and and maybe some collateral where they can get better in the future because. I think everybody knows that the Sands kind of, I mean, regardless of their play, age is definitely catching up with Boston, and they're going to have to find a way to swap out that roster. I mean, it's... it's. You said Pesci in a first, right? Well, I think that's probably the only way you could get Boston interested to move either or of them. Yeah, because Boston needs a first-rounder. But I would be happy with all Mark or Swayman, if I'm being honest with you. If it, if it were me. Oh, yeah. Like if if the Penguins were going to swap, which we don't have anything to swap, but if we could swap Jake Gensel and some kind of draft collateral to get Allmark or Swayman, I would do that tomorrow. Yep, I, I can yeah. see that too. Um, well, here's an interesting thing with Swayman he he's a restricted free agent after this season. So would it even yeah, take he, that? Yeah, he went to arbitration. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He did go into arbitration last season. That's right. After last season. That's right. So that so that means there's already issues with dealing with their contracts that they're like they're going to they, like Jesse's point. They're going to have to do something. They are have to move yeah. somebody. They're not going to be able to keep and, both. And, and Olmark is is under contract through next season as cap hits five mil. So they've got an interesting situation They may have to get rid of one of them moving forward. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I think Olmark will be gone before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline. I'll trade Pesci for Olmark. That's best for, uh, yeah, Pesci for Olmark is, is a good trade, but I don't think Boston does it because they need draft picks, early draft picks. They're not going to do a straight swap. They won't. There's no, I mean, they can't. There's no way because they've, I mean, they need to build capital is what they need to do for the future. 
And that does it for us this week on Top Shelf Dusters. Thank you so much for listening. This is Jesse. This was Ethan. I'm still Tyson. This was Nick. This is Amanda. We will catch you next week. Music for this episode was written, recorded, and performed by Robbie Padavano at Robbie Padavano on Instagram.